the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month to start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by Cut. Cut is the peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in over 40 states. Head over to KUTT.com. That's KUTT.com. Use promo code SGPN to get 10% deposit bonus. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store, store store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. For that merch store, 15% off everything when you use promo code PLAYOFFS. Yes, sir. We are back with another edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. No me, no voice, no guys. Me, really real, villain real, Terrell Furman Jr. here at your service. <laughs> and... Well, it wasn't really a good day yesterday. Didn't hit the locker dog. We got the Knicks, though. But uh, the Nuggets suck so bad that Jalen Russell didn't even have to play the fourth quarter. 21 points. Finish with 21. I mean, you know, this happens when you try to get extra plus money sometimes. Still had the Knicks money line, so I guess that was all right for me, but not good for the show. Scott Studio right show had a better day than me, though. Scott, what's going on? Scotty, beat me up. Surprise. I had a better day than you. That's news to me. I didn't hit the lo- I didn't hit the locker dog either. That's news to me. Uh, but Kobe White screwed me. Uh, played forty three minutes. Couldn't get ten. Ra. I think he had nine entering the fourth quarter, and then mm-hmm. played basically every minute of the fourth quarter, and still mm-hmm. couldn't get there, which was really annoying. He finished with ten, so that was a bit of a heartbreaker. And then the Embiid same game parlay didn't work out because Philly got killed anyway. So not the greatest. I had the under on YouTube uh, in that Knicks game, which worked out well. So we both made some money on the Knicks game. But besides that, uh, not many competitive games yesterday. The Nets did cover. <laughs> it, they didn't win. But the point is uh, the Nets did cover the game. Uh, really ugly game. We thought it would be, so that worked out. But for the most part, not I many they were competitive blow games. It. Yeah, and I feel like that's been... Kind of the story of the NBA for the last couple of weeks. A lot of people calling it the National Blowout Association, and that was definitely the case last night because you had a lot of short spreads, and a lot of the games were decided by double digits because well, the Lakers won by nine, but that was pretty one-sided for most of the way through. Indiana dominated. Utah dominated. The Celtics killed Miami. Uh, the Knicks ended up killing Denver. You had, the, you had the Warriors game, which was really entertaining. I had a live Warriors money line play at about 2-1, to one, which I'd rather not talk about because Steve Kerr doesn't know how to use timeouts, and the Warriors can't get a shot with 12 seconds left. Uh, I, I don't know so, why you're – I wouldn't be surprised by that. Steve Kerr has had a long history of just letting Steph take the ball. Oh, I didn't say I'm not surprised by it. I'm oh, just okay. saying that it, it annoys me that coaches yeah. in general don't call timeouts automatically before the final possession, especially with Curry, who I know is an all-time great player, top 10 player of all time, He's abysmal in the last five, ten seconds of games. Like, he's just really bad, historically speaking, at hitting big shots. and didn't even get one off because he ended up uh, turning the ball over. They trapped him, and he turned it over again. But the Warriors have been brutal late in games, and I don't really understand the point 
of, especially after a jump ball, it's not like your team even had Sacramento scrambling. They were set defensively, and you just watched your team not even get within 35 feet of the basket in the last 12 seconds as you did nothing with the basketball. So I would always call a timeout on the final possession because most of the time, maybe you'll uh, disagree with me, most of the time you don't get a good shot. Just simply put, the star player kind of ball hogs it and takes a fadeaway jumper. That's usually yeah, how it goes. I would do that for everybody except Steph Curry. That's, That's literally fair. when Steph has a bad shot, it's a good shot for Steph. So I'm like, you know except what? Except in the last 10 seconds better. of games. Historically speaking, he's been a, he's a really bad clutch shooter in the last 10 seconds of games on go-ahead shot attempts. So I'm going to hold Curry accountable for that. I do think, once again, Curry or one of the players should have called timeout. The real story of the game, though, is the I fact that like, Harrison Barnes. I feel like you've you've been. I feel like you've been historically. I don't care what the situation is. I don't care what's going on. I want my best player taking the last shot at games. I feel like that's been your. I can agree with that, times. but I do think having him take a bad shot because you refuse to design a potential better shot seems like a lazy approach to me. At some point, you got to realize that the defense might be set. But if we're if we're completely lost okay. offensively, which Golden State was, they had nothing in that last 12 seconds, you should probably call a timeout. It was smart to double Steph. Yes, I agree with Aaron, but they were lost. Harrison Barnes drops 39 on you in your own building. Nah, Harrison really? Barnes is really not. Nah, Harrison Barnes is a fan of the show. He's yeah, I know. He's, he's been, he's been, he's going been shitting crazy. on you. Like he's yeah, giving he's been you going crazy back back games after you've been talking but, shit. Like, yeah, well, I've been talking shit about him for like three months. So it, I mean, to be fair, I, I re-upped it. And then he decided that was, I that's what I'm saying. Court. He just, yeah. he, he, he tapped in. We've gotten a lot of new listeners recently, Scott. He tapped in, he heard the fuck you was saying. And he said, all right, bet. Like I'm dropping these two 30 pieces on his head and you can't say all, nothing. Yeah. All I'm going to say about Golden State is that Draymond hit zero shots from the floor. He had five free throws. So he didn't basically do anything in the game offensively. And Clay defensively, I mean, I've called them washed before, but when you are getting ISOed in the post by Harrison Barnes in the final four minutes of regulation, and a Barnes is cooking you so badly, you get switched off of him in the final four minutes of the game, Clay might have to retire. Like, you're getting cooked in the post by Harrison Barnes so badly, they switch you with Kaminga. Like, oh, no, it's over for Clay. It's over. Shout out to Jonathan Kaminga, by the way. Yeah, Kaminga was great last night. It's amazing what happens when correction keeps in minutes. He was great the past two games. Yeah, he was great, but I'm just saying defensively, Clay couldn't even guard Harrison Barnes in the low post. Like, no, it's over for Clay. I think he's hitting like some 70% of his shots in the last two games. Like, he's absolutely insane. He finally gave him minutes. Took him about four months, but he's finally giving Kaminga minutes. Need to put a do rag on or something on that head though. <laughs> Ever since he cut his hair, I'd be so yeah. weak. Like he looked like a kid. He looked like a kid. Well, he is a kid, but like he looked like Kam- a Kamingo was great. He did have the turnover or block, whatever you want to call it, on the second to last possession with like 16 seconds off. They tried to get him a touch in the low block. Mm-hmm. I thought it was an interesting play call. They tried to go quickly. He had a look. He just kind of fumbled the ball. So that kind of happens. But yeah, Kamingo's been good. Uh, besides that, there was a Corey Joseph sighting. I forgot he was on the team. He actually played some minutes. Golden State, it felt like all night long, just couldn't get the big rebound. Even on the uh, Sabonis dunk to the rim, Sacramento missed a couple of threes. Herder tried to hand the game over on a platter. Bricked a wide-open three, missed two free throws. He tried to hand the game over, and Golden State couldn't rebound. That's really just the story of the game in crunch time. And at the end of the day, good win for Sacramento. Terrible loss for Golden State. But 
I'm not surprised because Golden State's been really bad in crunch time all year long. Yeah, I get why Kevin Herter's out there. He spaces the floor for De'Aaron Fox, gives them another shooter. But, like, oh, no, man. Oh, it no, gave man. me serious. I mean, he had 12 and 10. Like, let me not give him yeah. too much shit. He had 12 and 10. Like, but, oh, oh no. That, lo- that last <laughs> shot reminded me of Danny Green in the bubble against Miami. In, like, the last game Miami won in yeah, game five. Man. When he was Kevin wide Herter. open and, like, it wasn't even close to going in. That was Herter in the last two minutes. This is a very anti-Kevin Herter podcast. Like, a very I'm just honest. Now, his stats were fine, but if you're going to brick a wide-open three and you're going to brick two free throws in the last minute and you're known as a it's like It kind of took away game. It took away everything you did for the game. <laughs> yeah, because you tried to hand it over. I'm just going to be honest. Everyone knows that what you do is examine under a magnifying glass in the final couple minutes of the fourth quarter, which is why a lot of people are low on Steph, because historically speaking, once again, he's been really bad hitting go-ahead shots his entire career. So people hold that against him because those shots mean more. Herter was fine for his role for about 45 minutes. It all went south after that. But the first 45 minutes were okay. I never and really Barnes agreed was with the Barnes carried I never, the I never really so. agreed with the Steph bad clutch time shooter thing because he's always got two hands in his face trying to get the ball off every time in the clutch. Whereas a Jason Tatum <laughs> has ample opportunity and just misses the shot. Whereas Steph yeah. has somewhat valid reason, not giving him, not capping for him, but somewhat valid reason of why. There's he's different defensive these, coverages. These I'm just shots. pointing out that a lot of people hold it against Steph that his numbers in the last minute of games or the last possession of games are really bad, historically speaking. And that, that's see. a fair, if you, if you just go by the stats, that's fair. I know you could add context or double teaming and stuff like that, but people think he's top five of all time. I don't. I think he's top 10. But once again, I do think that it's fair to hold that against him if you're going to be viewed as a potential top five guy of all time. That's how I look at it. You're thinking of who you who's, might have over him. Right? Yeah, who's yeah, who's over him? Uh, well, of course, they're going to have Jordan and LeBron. That's going to be standard. Kareem's okay. going to be up there in top five. I would probably okay. I'm putting Magic up there. I think Magic's better than Curry all time. And you could argue, you know, you have Larry Bird, you have uh, potentially Kobe, Shaq. You have a couple options. I, I don't think Curry's top five. I think he's top ten, but I, I wouldn't put him top five. I don't think Durant's top five either. I think that Durant goat conversation is a lot, just an absolute joke. But I wouldn't put Curry top five. All right, that's your that's your opinion. That's your opinion. Once again, top ten. I'm not I'm not calling him a scrub. Like I think he's a top ten player of all. Time. I don't know. But, calling somebody because if you call Jordan top ten, you're calling him a scrub. So. Well, that's because uh, if you call well, LeBron top ten, I think it's a reasonable 10, spot with Curry. Score. He's not ten. I'd probably put him like at seven or eight. I'm not going to list them all out now. I got to actually go through it, but I'm not putting him top five. Everybody in the chat is Curry top five or top ten? Everybody in the chat just want. And just don't say both. Just pick one. Yeah, or two. yeah. Don't say yeah. Actually, well, no. It better. Say give me a number. You can say both. Just say the number you five. think he is all time. Say the number. Just leave your number. If you think he's six, no, right I don't want it. No, no, I don't because I don't like putting exact numbers on stuff because people be flipping and flopping. Okay, and fine. His, his top career 10, still top going. Five. Top five or top ten? I just, I'm just curious. Top five, top ten. I'm curious. All right. While I while y'all do that, Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players like Steph Curry and LeBron James. You can't play alongside Michael Jordan, but 
you could play alongside Michael Jordan in terms of fading the people that you think are worse than Michael Jordan. You can do that in the NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, college football. Just simply pick higher or lower on their fantasy stats with Underdog Fantasy, and you can win up to 100x. 100x what you pay because they have some very, very spicy plays. We're going to do an Underdog lineup at the end of the day, and we're going to try to hit this one. I think we missed the last two, so we're going to try to hit this one. When you sign up with promo code SGPN, our dog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. All right. Uh, that's, yeah, that's it for that first week. Yeah. All right. I don't know if you had anything we'll else you want to add from yesterday's games, by the way. Uh, I, I mentioned the Warriors game. I don't know if you want to talk about the Celtics game or any of the other nah, games. but No, nah, it yeah, was a bunch okay. of blowouts. We, we talked about it all in the front. I just wanted are you, to look are you at planning it. Will's got them top 10. Uh, Daniel's got him top 10. Jake's got him top five. Eric freaking sucks. He did exactly what we said. Don't do Eric. Go back yeah, and put five, another answer. Five to seven is yeah, the worst. Eric and, Trevi- and Trevino, Adam Trevino. Yeah. Both of y'all go back and put another answer. He literally did what we said not to do. I said top five or top 20. 10 and you said what? five to seven. Marvin, uh, name 15 guys better than Steph Curry. Name it seems like most people have top 10. Curry. It seems like most people agree with me. They have him somewhere in Joshua, that seven to eight range. Steph had 10. Fahrenheit has 10. William has 20. Name 20 less than or whatever it is. Name the number of guys better than stuff. I, I don't believe that. I think 15 and 20 is way insane. All right. Top five for Cap Quest. Top, top five in my lifetime, but top 10 all time. Ooh, okay. Interesting. Okay. I, I mean, I agree with that answer. That's probably the same. He me. should have two less rings. If it wasn't for Durant's weakest move of all time, I don't think he would have two less. He might have one less. I think they would have got one of those. I think LeBron definitely would have got one, but I think I think that would have been more interesting of a back and forth. And they would have done something else if they didn't get Durant. They still would have had caps. Yeah, they still would have made a move. Like that's what I'm saying. I think they would have got one more, not two more though. I agree there. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm really interested in these answers because I just I thought he was locked and loaded number five, but no, while you look that up, are you, are you preparing your uh, tickets for the parade? Top 10. Preparing, do you have the Do you have the uh, point tickets for the Knicks parade? I'm not going and wait. Oh well, I, well, if the Knicks ever did win an NBA championship, I actually would go to the parade because it's in June. So good question. Very good question. Okay, we got a couple of fives in there. I was yeah, wondering how you're feeling ten, though yeah. about the Knicks. Wow. Kill Denver. We thought they would. How do you feel? Uh, we're gonna get into the game. I, in I, a second. I don't. I, just want to I can't ask. feel any. I can't feel anything for the Knicks until I can see Julius Randle show off and show up in a playoff series. I really can't feel anything because I know okay. that Brunson is not going to be able to win multiple series by himself he's gonna need help so until i know julius Randle can show up in a playoff series then i'd be excited if julius Randle was doing this in the playoffs i would be excited and i'd be up here telling you all that the knicks are a year away or possibly a dark horse for nba championship unfortunately i know this story all too well julius Randle has this great regular season he becomes an all-star he does all this stuff then we get in the playoffs and he acts like a little bitch so not gonna no no not feeding into the knicks right now it was a good win, though. Congratulations to them. All right. Dallas Mavericks on the road going to play the Atlanta Hawks. Mavericks open up minus one. They are currently minus two and a half now. 244 and a half is the total injury report here for these two teams that we have for the Dallas Mavericks. Kyrie Irving is questionable with the thumb injury. Maxi Kleber is probable. Dwight Powell is out. For the Atlanta Hawks. Trey Young questionable with that concussion. That is actually an upgrade for him. This looks like the first time he may actually play in the game. Clay Capella is questionable. Wesley Matthews is questionable. Bruno Fernando is questionable. DeAndre Hunter's out. If Clint Capella plays over under 18 and a half rebounds. Under, because they started switching the minutes. 
Akonkwa has gotten more run recently. They're starting to pivot more to a youth movement. So, ah, so we're so we're backing Akonkwa on the rebounds today. I am. I, I like Akonkwa either way in this matchup. Uh, if you look at the minute distribution for the last week or so, Akonkwa has gotten a lot of run. And I think it makes sense because yep. I don't think Capella's watched, but I've been kind of really calling good. him out for... Yeah, I, I've been calling Capella out for a couple of months at this point. Just watching him play, I don't think he's the same guy he used to be. He has no offensive talent. We know that. He never has. But it just seems like even defensively hasn't been as impactful. And maybe it's because Atlanta gives up a bunch of free three-pointers every game. But I do think, once again, you're looking at a defense that's not any good for both sides. Dallas and Noah showed the game against Boston. Then they showed up for a half, or not even a half, for a quarter and a half against Phoenix. I don't know what the hell happened there. They gave up a 58-24 to 24 run in the middle of that game. And Phoenix went from basically down 15 to up 30, span of about a quarter and a half. So, yeah, I'm not a fan of either of these teams at all. They're pretty similar, if you think about it. They have one player who's the best player. A Trey will never be as good as Luka. It's not even close. Luka's a, a better player than Trey can ever dream to be. But I do think defensively, the supporting cast is terrible on both sides. Uh, Kyrie's been banged up, so you can argue if he comes back, then Dallas actually has a certain gear. Trey's supposed to come back, but we know this team sucks with him anyway. I guess I'm leaning Dallas. We know that anytime that uh, Luka and Trey face off against each other, it's a little chippy. You get a little bit of a draft rivalry moment there, so it might be a competitive game. But I am in a lean to uh, Dallas in the spot, hoping Kyrie plays, but I think they have a certain upside to them that Atlanta just doesn't have. And I think DeJounte is going to get traded. It's a matter of time. Psychologically, mm-hmm. I wonder how that's impacting Trey and DeJounte together on the same mm-hmm. team, at, in the same uh, starting five. I'm going to link to Dallas. I just think they're the better team. Uh, Aaron asked, is Trey top five worst hair? He's top three worst hair. There's two Same. that are worse than him? Uh, when Carlos Boozer, when Carlos Boozer spray painted that shit on his hair, that oh, was number one. So you're going that way back. I thought you meant like right now. Okay. Oh, uh, well, I mean, I guess right powering. now. There's some wild and, hair styles in the 70s. Like, if you want to go way back, there's some wild hair styles in the 60s and 70s. Whatever Birdman was doing with his hair back in the day, that shit was terrible. Like, we go all time. It was like aerodynamic. You went for the, nah, the Denver he, thing. You know? He didn't fucking do shit. His hair was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man. We're fading Hawks. <laughs> and, it's, and it's great because Trey's coming back, so I have even more reason to fade Hawks. I'm fading Hawks. I'm not even thinking about this. It's Dallas minus two and a half. There's really nothing to think about here. For bad hair, are you counting Shaq's hairline in the booth or you're only talking about playing? Uh, that nah, hairline in the well, booth is wild. Nah, but he be joking when he do it. Like, he be yeah, joking when fair. he let it grow okay, out and then fair. he line it up. Like, he be joking. It be people that be dead ass with it. All right. 244.5 is total here. I'm not taking an under. These teams can't guard, a, can't guard anybody. Yeah. I just don't want it to be a bad shooting night. Yeah. That's the trade off. But if you're going to tell me both teams should have wide open looks the entire game. I'm going to lean to an over. Because, like, look at both of them are four and five to the under in their last five games. Like, this is a really high total. I just, because I know it's going to be a lot of shots. It's going to be a lot of jump shooting and shots that take place. I just don't want it to be a bad shooting night and just go under. I feel like this should be an easy over, but I'm I'm a little hesitant. I'm not ready to fire away. I don't know why. Something is giving me pause there. All right. Player props. Like I said, 
Clint Capella pay, plays, I'm just going to back Clint Capella on boards. I don't think that. I mean, even in limited minutes. And the line is kind of respecting the fact that he's not playing full minutes because his line is only at nine and a half, which is... He can still get there, but there has yeah. been a switch uh, with the starting unit. Or not starting yeah. unit, but the minute distribution. Let me see. What's the... Uh, what is... Oh, well, I don't have his double-double up, do I? Or is it here? It's in, oh, yeah, there it is. Plus 120 for Clint Capella to get a double-double. What? What's a Conquo double-double, though? Mm, I don't see it. Probably because he come okay. off the bench. It'd be a little bit later. I, I think I would play both just to kind of ex- extend my coverage. And the Conquo is probably going to be a lot because uh, I haven't bet his double-double in a long time. But there was a stretch run where I was betting a Conquo, and he was hitting stuff like that last season. So maybe this could be a run like that for him. But I, I, I'm, I'm not going to think too much about it. I think Clint Capella could have a pretty solid day. I'm assuming in this matchup, though, with Trey most likely against Luca, we're just going to assume they're going to try to kill each other, whether it's draft rivalry or not. Or are they just going to try to kill each other? Hmm. Well, for sure, for sure, Luca. Trey's at twenty six and a half. Yeah, I don't know how many minutes he's going to play, but I got to assume he's going to be playing close to like thirty six, thirty seven. I mean, the light is not good enough to ease Trey back. It depends so. on what. Yeah. Hmm. I'm iffy on Trey. Okay. I really don't like but, this Hawks team. Yeah, I don't think anybody does. I don't think Atlanta Hawks fans will like this Hawks team. I will take uh, THJ when they drop his props, though. Back in Atlanta, for sure. I will I'm take assuming THJ. you like Jalen Johnson stuff. I don't see any props from right now, but I'm I'm guessing you like Jalen Johnson in this game. Yeah, especially if, if everybody commits to not playing defense and they just say, all right, we're just going to score, score, score. You should have a good chance. Can I get Grant Williams unders because he gets ejected for a flopping tech, and I think that he's just not very good. I don't yeah, see lines on it. But... Yeah, he was he was on fire before he got ejected. Yeah, it's that that move he didn't want to fight though. Either. He wasn't he wasn't trying to fight though. No, he bumped into Nurkic and got bounced. Yeah, back like yeah, like he, he really didn't, he didn't do it when he got up. He was really supposed to still off on him. He definitely got added to. He definitely got added to the team. I, I watched that. Like I watched that. When you got up, you was definitely supposed to just still off on him. But you know, NBA players don't be wanting to get suspended and fine and stuff like that. So true, I feel it. But you definitely won't try to fight that man for real at all. Go ahead, add him, add him to the team. Rudy Gobert. Uh, who else was not trying to fight this season? Wait, Rudy Gobert is just glaringly, but yeah, nah. Oh, uh, Amp got added to the team too because he ain't, and Cat because they didn't fight for Rudy Gobert. But how many uh, people actually want to fight Isaiah Stewart? Uh, I know Alonzo Trier did back in the day when he basically punched Isaiah. Stu- no, Isaiah Stewart um, was faking, bro. Like everybody stopped. He had the chance. He was in Brian face, had a chance, and didn't want to. And then when he's got a million people in front of him, now he want to charge at Brian, knowing that somebody of all those people is gonna go and freaking man. I don't care, bro. Isaiah Stewart won't try to fight. Like that was just he did a lot. He did a lot. He saw Russell Westbrook stand in front of his face with his dudes up, and then started. Acting fate tough, like oh, I hate, I hate Zay Stewart for that. That was lame. All right, Grant Williams really should have punched Nurkic. Stuff. <laughs> he really should have yeah. punched the shit out of him. <laughs> he should have punched the shit out of his ass. Who the fuck are you, Nurk? All right, I'm with I'm Nurk on that one, but I, I don't know what Grant Williams was doing. He tried to walk over a guy, and then Nurk like bumped him. And he's like, "What's your problem?" Yeah, yeah, you know, I feel he, it. But he like, tried to walk over like, the guy. I'm with Nurk on that. But that, but it's like it's between me and KD. Get your ass fucker out of here. I don't know who the fuck you are. All right. 
He should have punched his ass. Both of them should really, really Nurk should have punched his ass first. I'll take Nurk in that fight at minus seven hundred. Minus seven hundred. He killed what? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. From some Europe. He's from what? Grant Williams. He's from? He's from Bosnia. Guy grew up in like negative. What they do in Bosnia? He doesn't give a Bosnia. He's uh, what? What they do about Bosnia? I think he killed Grant Williams. That don't hold no weight around here. That don't hold no weight around here. Where's Grant Williams from? Now I got to look and see where he's from. From UFC, I'll tell you right now, I'll take the Eastern European guy against the American. That's usually how it goes. But uh, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll take the Bosnian. I heard Houston uh, right. to yeah, to win comfortable. Not to mention the height advantage and the weight advantage. But yeah, uh, I'll go with Nurkic. And literally, it would take maybe under twenty seconds. I, I think I think that uh, Nurkic would. It depends on what part of he, but, what part of Charlotte he was hanging out in. If he was hanging out on the right side of Charlotte, I take Grant. But if he was if he won't hanging out on the right side of Charlotte, I would I wouldn't know. All right, I'll take the European. Yeah, I try not to uh, swear too much, Steph. I'm trying to you know. Uh, move on, and so I got to stop swearing as much. So appreciate that. My fault. I ain't mean to. I think that he will. Uh, that Grant will whoop his hind part. I will take Grant. All right. Okay. Good luck with that. The, <laughs> the Phoenix Suns on the road going to play the Indiana Pacers. Suns open up minus six. Pacers are down to plus four and a half now. Yeah, plus four and a half. All right, 243 and a half is total. Injury report here for these two teams. And we got Tyrese Halliburton is still out. And for the Suns, Bobo out, Eric Gordon questionable. All right, we got the Pacers on the back to back here. Is it a back to back? Is this the back to back? Yeah, it was a yeah, nice win against Philly yesterday. Uh, Pacers on no rest this season, looking like. Where did you go, Pacers? One in seven. One in seven ATS on no rest this season. That is tied for league worst with the Atlanta Hawks. Does that just solve it at that point? Like, do we need to break anything else down? They're one in seven. Yeah, what like what is this line movement going back towards uh, Indiana? Uh, I feel like that happened yesterday. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe it's an overreaction because they killed Philly and Halbert didn't play in that game. But... Mm -hmm. Not, I don't see anybody in the injury report for Phoenix. I, I don't see Booker or Durant or Booker. no, they're not. So I'm like, who's gonna who is scoring? I mean, not scoring, but who is stopping these guys? Unless the Suns just stop themselves, like who is stopping them? Seriously. Can I just go back to the well and take the Suns to win when they're down 15? Can we just keep recycling yeah. this over and over again? I mean, yeah. I'm going to go with Phoenix. I mean, they've won, what is it, six straight, seven straight? They've been in great form. Indiana had a great game yesterday. I didn't think they would be able to handle Embiid. And they did a good job of kind of dealing with Embiid and letting everybody else uh, do nothing. So that was kind of their game plan, which worked out. But I'm going to link to Phoenix. They're one of the hottest teams in the league right now. I'm not going to go against them. You mentioned Indiana's back-to-back numbers, ATS. That's good enough for me. I'll, I'll link to Phoenix. <laughs> Yeah, this is. Uh, I really don't know why this is going backwards. Is this reverse line movement? I I don't know who'd be know. betting on Indiana, so it probably yeah, is reverse like, line movement. But I mean, I understand. I understand, and it's a kind of a fade. But I just really like, honestly, truly, like, just X's and O's. Who is who is guarding some of these guys? Like, I just don't think the talent defensively is there when Phoenix wants a bucket, they can get a bucket. So it means, I guess, it probably goes over. Give me Phoenix team total over. That, that I agree cool. with. Yeah, I think Phoenix scores a lot of points. If if Indiana pulls this out, and if we are wrong, I don't think it's because Indiana's defense. 
So yeah, what's that team total at? Let me see. Let me pull that up. Well, you pull that up. I think people. I like Booker points in this game. I know Durant's been great. Okay. Booker's been insane recently. He outscored Dallas in the entire third quarter by himself, but he goes to the rim a lot. And Indiana's allowing the most points in the paint per game. Durant, we know, is a great player, but a lot of it's mid-range stuff. I think Booker's going to get to the line a lot. I think he's going to challenge Turner, and I think he's going to end mm-hmm. up getting 30-plus points. So I like Booker points in this game. All right. 125.5 is total for this one. They actually haven't been over that. only been over that in one of the past four games. Four straight unders for this Phoenix team. No, five straight unders. I'm sorry. Five straight unders for this Phoenix team recently. And these two teams did play recently. It was a seven-point win by Phoenix, 117-110. I don't know if I remember that game at all. And it happened. That was uh that was uh it was because the, they should have never pushed. I think it was because I think I was on Indiana and I got the push. I'm trying to remember. I, I, I truly just don't remember that game at all. Uh but I either way, yeah, it happened five days ago. Phoenix won. So Yeah. All right. Why is it? That's weird. This is the yeah. line is really killing me here. Do you have any but props you like? I'm with Phoenix. I like Phoenix team total over. That's 124 and a half. I like that. Uh, I might be tempted by. I'm with you with book. I'm with you with book. I kind of want to take Nurk rebounds. I feel like this is a Nurk rebound game because I just don't trust anybody consistently rebounding for the Pacers. Thoughts on Siakam assists in this game? It's at four and a half. He had five assists yesterday in the first quarter. He finished with 10. Had seven against Phoenix uh, on the 21st. Four and a half feels a bit low to me, especially with Halliburton not playing. I like Siakam assists over. I'm still trying to get a feel for Siakam in offense. I feel like he's he kind of, you know, one day he's scoring, one day he's assisting, one day he's kind of doing it all. Yeah. He had eight, six, and five yesterday, and they looked pretty good. So I, in the first quarter, so I, I just think that number's too. I've been low waiting. I've been waiting for the big Andrew Nemhard game, bro. We haven't gotten it. Like, just put TJ McConnell in the lineup if he's going to do this. Like, I kind of been waiting for it to kind of at least something that I look at Andrew Nemhard and be like, oh yeah, let's hammer him today. Because remember last year, points. he had nineteen and eight no, last game. But I, no, but remember last year he had a run where he was like double double every day. He was putting up Halliburton numbers. He was getting like twelve assists, thirteen assists, fourteen assists. Like he yeah. he was putting up Halliburton assist numbers, and it just felt like it hasn't been there. Well, the double double's been short, but I'm just saying nineteen and eight, fifteen and seven. Nemhard's been yeah, four. yeah. I mean, I'm not really I'm not really talking about the scoring aspect. I'm weak. It hasn't listed as a power forward here. Uh, yeah, I'm not really talking about the scoring aspect, but it's just more of like uh, is I just. The offense calls for somebody to give the big assist game, the 15, the 12, you know, that was big assist game, even though Halliburton is out. And we saw Nimhard do it a bunch of times last year. We saw TJ McConnell do it last year. Just feel like we haven't gotten that from this year. Kind of disappointing. I was looking forward to that. I might play it today because I talked about it. All right. Let me see an assist ladder from Nimhard, see what that does. The, what's up? Uh, the Houston Rockets on the road. Going to play the Charlotte Hornets. Rockets opened up minus five. Currently minus five and a half. Two twenty-three and a half is total here. Injury report for these two teams. And I got Jabari Smith Jr. not on the injury report. Deshaun Tate questionable. Reggie Bullock questionable. Tari Eason out. Victor Oladipo. I think he's still in Boston. 
for the Charlotte Hornets, Kyle Lowry not playing. I don't even think he's going to play. I think they're just going to buy him out or make another trade or something like that. No Gordon Hayward, no Mark Williams. Everybody else good to go. All right. I'm not laying five and a half with Houston on the road or not. This team's falling apart. I, mean, I believe the last time we talked about this team, you said it was going to be an ultimate kind of test spot for you because if Houston ended up beating Portland, you would have thought that, you know, okay, maybe they can salvage it. They lost outright to Portland. I know Jeremy Grant had the banked in three-pointer at the end. I get it. And they ended up winning mm-hmm. uh, in overtime. But if you're losing outright to Portland as double-digit favorites, I'm not going to lay this number with you. I know Charlotte lost to uh, to Washington uh, so I am aware that Charlotte once again – or no, it was Detroit. Uh, Charlotte lost to Detroit, which is definitely not a good sign. I can't lay five and a half. Houston's that bad on the road. They lost to Portland last game. They're really struggling. I'm going to go with Charlotte plus the points. Yeah, I think I'll say Charlotte in the points. Bounce back spot after losing Detroit. Very, very poor showing by Detroit. But Well, Melo couldn't shoot. He was terrible the entire game. I still don't feel super, super good about that play. I really don't like either one of these teams right now, but – uh, I'll take the points. Why not? I'm not really, not really too keen on the side in that one. What's you totals at again? Straight uh, up, straight up. Yeah, just straight up. Because I, I mean, they're laying five and a half. I mean, like, straight they're, up, they're four and fifteen. They're four and fifteen. Like, yeah, I, I can't lay. I can't expect them to win by six if they have lost fifteen of the first nineteen. I, I, I can't do it. I'll, I'm going to lean to Charlotte in the spot. All right, and then we have uh, what's that? Six, twelve, and one ATS. So yeah, they're not that good. All right, let's see here. Two twenty-three and a half. Yeah, I just heard the fire alarm go off. I'm sorry, guys. I mean, what you want me to change it mid-show? Like you want me to stop the show, go change it, and then that's I, a fun bit. Right now we don't we don't have yeah. a name for that segment, but that's a pretty fun bit. Yeah, so I mean, I can't really do nothing. <laughs> can't really do nothing about it right now. But I just realized, uh, what was two twenty three and a half? It's actually going down that total. I think I'll lean under. Uh, I don't feel great either way. But Charlotte only scored one hundred six against Detroit. Yeah, I, I don't trust either team offensively, especially on the road for Houston. So I'm gonna lean to the under in this game. Mm, yeah. I don't really feel I don't really feel good about that one. All right. I do like Fred Fleet Threes Day. That's a prop that I like. And it's really not that I like Fred Van Fleet, because I don't. I think he's a guy that just really he just shoots on volume and then some days he hits it, some days he not. But he's averaging nine three point attempts over the past five games. It's one of the top in the league. You have Charlotte, very, very noted poor uh against defending the three. He went five for 10 against them in the game earlier. So I think his threes are at two and a half. And let me see here. Two and a half minus 135. I think he can get to three and he can go three for 10 and it not look like a really efficient day, but we still cash the props. So for Van Fleet threes, I think it's something that I'll be on. Yeah, I'm going to run back Brandon Miller at 17 and a half points. He's gone over and four the last five. Uh, it's minus 130. I just think that Miller's going to get in the volume. I think that he's in line for a good game here. I'm also tempted by Nick Richards. I like his rebounds in this game, uh, mostly because of the fact that Houston single-handedly revived DeAndre Ayton's entire career, which is almost impossible to do because he was no-showing every game, and then I think Ayton walked into, what was it, like 19 and 19 or something? Like th- They gave up so many rebounds. Richards is at 8.5. 
That one's too low to me. Houston can't rebound the ball. Once again, if Aiton of all people is going to give you like 19 rebounds, I'm going to take the opposing center. Give me Richards over eight and a half rebounds. Yeah, I like it. I think that's a good play. All right. Anything else in this one? No, not really. It's not a great game. All right. Before we get back, got to talk to you about do 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 cut cut is a peer peer social betting platform that's us based available in 40 states plus you can bet directly against your friends or other users sports politics pop culture all this other stuff with the verifiable outcome make sure you tap in with real money kramer at nfl he's giving you some really really great eyes on the chiefs so make sure you do that and tell him that patrick holmes is the goat however i'd be happy you know what I, whoever wins the afc championship game i'll be happy i just hope my bet's on the right side we gotta talk about that later today scott Create your own bets. Cut handles the payment side of things. You don't have to chase anybody down for money, anything like that. Cut is the peer-to-peer social betting platform. U.S.-based legal in 40 states. Head over to KUTT.com. That is KUTT.com. Cut.com. Promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame. Bets, sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Bet anything with historical stats and data with Hall of Fame bets. And they have a revolutionary parlay optimizer tool. Breaks everything down by hit rate. And you don't have to worry about, is my parlay is my parlay good enough? Anything like that. Green, green, green. They're going to tell you, hey, you have a pretty good chance of hitting this parlay today. You should take a, shot, a stab at it. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start researching. Start winning with Hall of Fame bets. Russell Rodney by the Merch Store. 15% off everything in the Merch Store. Help us against the other shows by buying your favorite NBA gambling podcast gear. Jake is going to set us up with some cool, cool new merch over there in the Merch Store. Promo code PLAYOFFS. That is 15% off the Merch Store. Promo code PLAYOFFS. Store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. All right. Next game of slate. We got the Clippers on the road going to play the Toronto Raptors. Clippers are sitting at minus eight, 235 and a half is total. Injury report here for these two teams. And we got Paul George not on the injury report. Zubox not playing, as we know. We have no Emmanuel quickly for the Raptors and no Yaka Pertle for the Raptors. But it looks like Yaka Pertle's slowly working his way back. He, that was an upgrade. He was doubtful. Now he's just now ruled officially out. So, Scott. Minus eight. What are you doing here? The Clippers, here with- we know, have been really good recently. Toronto is not. Clippers, though, not a good road team. They're only nine and ten straight up on the road. So a lot of their success has been just based on their home games. Having said that, Toronto, I've said before, they're a fun but a bad team. Uh, they lost by eight to Memphis. They kind of got killed in that game. And Memphis was, of course, using. They've been competitive lately, but they're still missing a lot of guys. Knicks beat them by 26. They lost Chicago at home by six. They're just not a very good team. Just simply put, I'm going to lead to the Clippers. I just think that they have too much talent. I think that the Raptors are going to struggle, especially considering the fact that Quickly is not playing in this game. So you're probably looking at Schroeder assists if you are tempted by anything. Uh, maybe R.J. Barrett points if you like the volume, but Quickly is one of their better players. So I can't back Toronto here. I got to go with the Clippers, which I'm assuming you're going to agree with. <sighs> I, yeah. It's, it's it's really tough back and I really don't like laying points with the Clippers on the road. Uh just a Ty Lue thing, but this Clippers team's been playing a lot better uh this season and they honestly do look like one of the teams that can't compete in the West. And this Toronto team, I just I'm not really certain like I, I think like you said, they're they're fun. They're fun. And without Emmanuel quickly, I think that that's going to do a little bit to, you know, for the scoring on this team. I think they're going to struggle to score. So 
Clippers may not have to do that much to be able to cover this line. They may only have to put up 110 or something like that. 110 one to put to cover this with these. So I'll take the Clippers here, minus eight. 235 and a half is total. Mm, I like a Clippers team total over. I think I would go that route. I don't know if I, because I'm not certain if I trust Toronto to score. Could they score? Possibly. But I really don't know how I feel. Let me look at what the Clippers doing defensively. I mean, the first minute will end to 246, but quickly not being there is going to hurt offensively because we know quickly it's a better shooter than Schroeder is. So that's why it's a little bit uh, tricky. Uh, I think I'm going to lean to the over, just hoping the Clippers get to 130. But I really don't have much for a total in this game. I'm not going to probably lay with the Clippers either. But I think that once again, with quickly being out and Toronto already being bad, I just think the Clippers are probably going to be my lean. But all right, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, player props: Jim Harden assist at eight and a half. I'll take that. I had the double double in their last meeting, and he got there. Yeah, I think I know Zubak absolutely dominated in that last meeting. I don't think he played much in the fourth quarter, but I know Zubak was great in that game. I, um, so as a result, I know that Zubak, of course, is out. Am I actually going to give out Mason Plumley props? I might. I might actually give out some Mason Plumley props because I think that Toronto, once again, just can't rebound the ball. Uh, they're trying to use Porter as their center who kind of shoots some threes, but that really has not worked out, just simply put. I mean, going through the numbers here, he's had less than three rebounds in two straight games, less than five rebounds in five straight games. I think it is a good spot for rebounds if you're looking at either Plumlee, maybe if you want to go for a hardened triple-double, maybe you might have a sneaky spot there, but Toronto can't rebound, and I think that that's a good spot for Plumlee. So I like some type of rebounding with the Clippers in this game. Do you think Harden's jealous that Kawhi got a triple-double against the Lakers? Do you think Harden's jealous? And he wants uh, to get revenge on that. Why well, got a triple double? <laughs> it's been a while. Right? It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while since I heard James Harden triple double. I feel like, but it's but, once again, it's a game I'm probably passing on for the most part. Yeah, give me Kawhi. Kawhi rebounds minus uh, six and a half. I'll take Kawhi. Right. Dang it, I tried to. All right, it's fine. You might just embrace <laughs> it at this point. It's, it's fine. Whatever. Oklahoma City Thunder on the road going to play the New Orleans Pelicans. My nemesis, the New Orleans Pelicans. They are open up minus two and a half, currently down to minus one and a half, 239 and a half is total here. Injury report. I have, uh, where are you at? Thunder. Oliver Saar, Olivier Saar, because yes, yeah, Olivier. Olivier Saar is out. And uh, Matt Ryan. Why do we keep putting him on injury report? All By right. the way, on, is Sar the brother of the upcoming yeah. number one pick? He is the brother. Okay. Yes, he is. I wasn't sure. Okay. I, I, because I, you never know. You see the same last name and you can't tell. Like, oh, yeah, yeah no, no, it's him. It's him. Yeah, okay. I'm yeah, sure. no, it's him. I think, I think that's really crazy. Like, he's de- and he's definitely about to be the number one pick. Like, <laughs> the overseas seven foot guys are have something to say right now. I mean, I'm just not gonna. Uh, this Pelican team really has been a thorn in my side, to be honest. I can't get them right, so I'm just going to stick with what I always do. Shay and the Thunder. I'm going to lean to the Pelicans in this one. I just think it's a bad matchup. I don't want to compare it to the Kings against the Pelicans. That's doing a disservice to the Thunder, but the Pelicans won the first meeting by four. 
I still have too many issues with the Thunder's lack of size. And you're looking at Zion, you're looking at Valanchunas, and I just think OKC gets killed on the boards in this game. I think that New Orleans is able to get to the painted will in this spot. I know how good Shea is. I know that J- uh, Jalen Williams is incredible. Chet's been fine. Uh, Wemby's officially overtaken him for rookie of the year odds. I believe that's now like minus 180, as it should be. But I think you're looking at, once again, New Orleans just has so much size and just weight on the inside. I really just expect New Orleans to dominate on the interior, so I'm going to lean to New Orleans in the spot at home. But it's going to be a fun game. Looking forward to it. But I think New Orleans, once again, when you can dominate the boards and you can dominate points in the paint, that's usually a good recipe for winning at home. That's good enough for me. So. All right. Two thirty nine and a half. I'm going over. I think this is. I'm I'm on the over as well. But. Yeah. Y'all didn't hear it, but I I, I I timed that one out perfect. All right, so we got the player props. You know I'm rocking with Shea. You know, but, man, I be trying to tell folks, like, that boy J-Dub is going insane mm-hmm. recently, man. Like, J-Dub, like, he's on another level. He's on another level where he's actually stepped his game up, and I just hope he can stay on this level instead of going back down. Like, I hope this is where J-Dub is at. Because if they keep going forward like this – Oh, he's going to be really, really good, man. Like, he's going to be really, really good. So, I like J-Dub over 18 and a half. I like Shea. And, yeah. I do like that Valanchunas of, of rebounds line as well. I think that it's at 11 and a half. Nine and a half, I'm sorry. I like Chet assists in this game. Uh, it's at about minus 115 for over two and a half assists. This line's way too low. Uh, Chet's been assisting the ball well recently. He's gone over this number in eight of the last 10. Gone over in 14 of the last 19 he had three in the first meeting. Spread is low, so you're assuming the game's going to be somewhat close. But once again, if you go over an 8 of 10 and you're on the court a lot, I just think this line's too low. Give me Chet over 2.5 assists at minus 115. All right. Life says Herb Jones will stop J-Dub. Dang, does, does, is J-Dub good enough for the Herb Jones matchup now? Like, is that where we've at? Where J-Dub is no, not good enough? Herb's guard Jay. I mean, I, I don't know. Why I, yeah, doing. that's what I was thinking. But if J- is J-Dub that good now? Shoot. That boy, J-Dub. Hey, that's why I was thinking I'd take J-Dub because I thought Herb was going to be on shape. But that's that's yeah. what's up. That's what's up. If J-Dub, J-Dub got guard to the where, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I think so, too. I think so, too. But if, if J-Dub got there, that's what's up, for real. All right. Next game, we got the Cleveland Cavaliers on the road going to play the Milwaukee Bucks for the uptake million time. Bucks open up minus six, currently down to minus five and a half. 238 is the total injury report here for these two teams. And I got Trish Thompson suspended and Giannis is probable. Five and a half. I mean, I know what I'm doing, but I'm curious what you're going to do. Well, they just played, so it supports the immediate rematch uh, fade angle there. I just like the over. I'm not gonna really going to pick a side here. Uh, I'm just going to lean to the over in this game. I watched a lot of that last one. Uh, Giannis had a triple-double. Uh, I thought that Middleton actually looked pretty good. Didn't shoot the ball well, but I think he had 5-5 five and five or 6-5 and five, uh, with rebounds and assists. So I thought he played pretty well. These teams can't guard anybody. At least Milwaukee can't. Milwaukee's a great over team because they can score a lot of points. They don't even pretend to guard anybody. Cleveland offensively was not very good for most of that game, but then woke up a bit late. I just like the over. I'm not going to overthink this one. So, yeah. 
I know a media rematch angle, you tend to go the opposite, so you're probably going to win Cleveland and the under in this game, but I, I just can't take Milwaukee defensively. I don't take him seriously defensively. I don't know if Doc Rivers is going to be there or not. He might not be. Maybe Prunty's the coach again. We'll see because Doc got hired. This might actually, it's actually kind of funny. I think it's the third time in 10 days that the mm-hmm. Bucks have played the Cavs and they've had a different coach in each three meetings, which I find pretty funny. But <laughs> assuming Doc coaches tonight, but I'm going to lean to, I'll lean to Cleveland getting points and I'll lean to the over. Over is my favorite play in this game, though. Yeah, I'm definitely taking Cleveland. I think this was, this was the time we take Cleveland. We, I, Got the first game, new head coach out the way, all those fields, everything. Now you come back and you back Cleveland because this is still not that good of a defensive team. Like, And I think that they had a pretty good showing for a majority of that game against Cleveland. But now I think this is where we're getting that closer high-scoring game where this is going to be the fun one we've been looking for. Yeah, I feel the same way. So I'm on the over as my favorite play in this game. As for props... I mean, I don't think they can stop Giannis. He got a free run to the lane for half the game. Middleton mm-hmm. for assists, once again, has been kind of a underrated cash cow for me. Uh, just looking at the current numbers for Middleton. What's the assists at? Because that's done, once again, really well for me. Um, Middleton, assists, yeah. It, it's it's juice to the under. So I, I did pick the right spot. It was five and a half uh, plus 120 on the under last time out. Yeah, it, I can't take it anymore. Uh, the, the line, unfortunately, has corrected itself, so I had a good run with that uh, for a couple of games. But, yeah, I don't really have much else. Maybe Sam Merrill props. He's actually been really good recently, and he's gotten some run. Uh, so maybe Merrill threes is tempting uh, if you want to go for that. He's gone over 10.5 points in for the last five. Uh, once again, he's a three-point shooter, so I think you're looking at Merrill having a pretty decent game. Since Milwaukee... Mm-hmm. This season, they're okay against the three, but recently it has not exactly gone well. Uh, but I do think looking at the spot, I really just think Giannis gets whatever he wants. I think Allen is a pretty good game. If we're picking Cleveland, we kind of have to take Mitchell points because I don't know how else they're supposed to score. So I just think it's mostly a star power game. Maybe Middleton RA, but that's kind of dicey. So nah, and that's basically it. But I think Merrill's a sneaky prop guy in this game. So. That's worth a look. But I know you're, you keep trying to time out the thing, so I don't know when I'm supposed to stop talking. So I'm trying to, like, pace this out, but whatever. It's been a... Oh, damn it. <laughs> you're going to lose the war in this, so you might have to... You know, because I was really good, like, the last three times, I was really good about missing it, and then, like, I hit it at the exact same time that it went that time. But, all right, so basically, prop-wise, like, that I like here... You was talking about the threes for Milwaukee. They've been all right, but recently not good. 26 NBA past five games, giving up 42% from three. I have Donovan Mitchell here, who is shooting three at a high, high attempt percentage. One of the top percentages, well, not percentages, but one of the top attempts in the league. I like Donovan Mitchell here to have a really big game and try to get some get back. Plus, think about the spot for Donovan Mitchell today. Everybody, I get it's not a quote-unquote snub because you still have the reserves. You can still make the all-star, but people want to be starters. Like, you want to be starters. And so I I think that he's like, yo, Dame comes over to the East, and now it's like fucking Dame is now the, the starting guard in the East? Like, Dame? 
what not me no more like yo i think he's gonna i think he's gonna get up a little bit for that like the fans didn't vote me dame came over i'm I'm playing better than dame right now and dame gets to take over as the starting guard in the east all right bro so i think there's a little chip in donovan mitchell's show today i'm playing donovan mitchell today but i like it we story. forgot to mention that by the way for a trey young how he was left off of overall rosters uh, for the all-star game uh, earlier this uh earlier in the show but i still don't trust trey anyway so uh, that was a that was uh kind of a controversial take uh, at the time. Uh, Reggie Miller, I saw, didn't have Trey on the no. So Trey, so Trey's not controversial to everybody that plays basketball. Like everybody yeah. in the NBA does not vote for Trey for all. I wouldn't vote for him. Is that yeah, like, it's like, been years. Point? Yeah. It's been years that it's been going on where like Trey will be like towards the top, and then the, you'll look at the player vote, and the players are having like fourteen. Who votes for the All-Star game? If fans contribute 50%. The only people voting are basically teenagers and kids because who cares about the All-Star game voting? So he's got highlights, but I wouldn't vote for Trey. Uh, but once again, going back to Mitchell, I don't think he should start either, but Mitchell's an alpha, so I can see him trying to use that as motivation for this game. He also shot the ball terribly from the foul line last game. I think he was like one for four from the foul line. So I don't mind Mitchell threes. He's been taking a lot of threes. All right. The Orlando Magic are on the road in Memphis to play the Memphis Grizzlies. Magic laying five, current, well, open up at five. They're now at six. Two, 12 and a half is the total injury report here for the two teams. And we have for the Orlando Magic, Markel Fultz is available. Jonathan Isaac is available. Gary Harris is out for the Grizzlies. Luke Kennard is not on injury report. Santi Aldama is questionable. No Desmond Bain, Jake LaRuvia, Marcus Smart, Derek Rose, Brandon Cart, John Moran, Stephen Adams. Scott. Minus six with the Magic. It's trickier than you might think because Memphis has actually been feisty uh, despite not having much talent. I got to give uh, you know the coaching staff props. They could have just completely packed it in, but they've been competitive uh, with the lack of talent on the roster. Orlando's been pretty underwhelming recently, but uh, they're the better team. I like the under. I'm not going to compare it exactly to the Timberwolves and Nets game yesterday, but I think this game is going to be disgusting. So I'm going to lean to the under as my main play in this game, but yeah, for the side, I'm kind of on the fence here. Uh, I think Orlando's more talented. Memphis has played well as a team recently. Kind of a, the sum's better than the actual parts type of team. But I'm just going to go with the under. Give me an ugly game. One of these teams is not reaching 100, maybe both. So I'm going to lean to the under in the spot. Yeah, under's my best play. Uh, I... I... I'm going to lay it with, uh, no, I don't know, because Memphis is really, really scrappy. And this yeah. is a team that they could they could shut down. It's because Orlando can't, like, ultimately what it is is because Orlando can't score. And so uh, looking at what they're doing in the past five games, they're scoring second worst in the league. Only team worse is the Miami Heat at 99.6. Orlando's scoring 103. Like, how do I expect you to, to win by margin and you can't, put the ball in the basket. Like I get how good defensively you may be, but this other team is pretty solid defensively too. I just can't trust you to win by margin if you don't put the ball in the basket. So as much as I really, really do like this Orlando Magic team, I can't get behind them. I'm, I'm going to take the six with the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm just excited about that. The uh, defensive backcourt masterclass combo between Markel Fultz and Jalen Suggs is back in effect now. I'm looking forward to watching that backcourt play defense. Offensively, not so much, but defensively, that should be a very good unit. So, yeah. All right. This game's going to be ugly. Player props. I actually kind of uh, like Fultz under PRA in this game. 
It's at okay. 18 and a half, and he hasn't really been that close to going over recently. Uh, he's gone under in nine straight, which is a good start. Uh, he's gone under in 14 of 20. But once again, you're looking at Fultz, who has been kind of hovering around 30 minutes, give or take. It's kind of up and down. But I do think, once again, with a low-scoring game, we know Fultz doesn't score that much. So I'm daring him to get a lot of RA. I think that's, once again, a bit of a high number for Fultz. Under a nine straight, yeah, sign me up. I'll take the under 18 and a half for PRA. I am going to take Wendell Carter over eight and a half rebounds today. Is it because of the Pat Bev beef, or you just think he actually has a good matchup? Uh, it's a little bit of the Pat Bev beef. It's more because of the good matchup and just the rebounding. We've, kind of, we've been fading, like, you know, the Grizzlies, one of those teams, we just kind of fade on the rebounding. Jaron Jackson Jr., more defensive, very unserious when it comes to rebounding the basketball. Wendell Carter really, really should dominate. And maybe he takes Pat Bev's words and says, hey, it's more to the game than scoring points. And so he goes and he, I mean, he still had a bunch of rebounds in that game. So I, I like Wendell Carter on the rebounds today. I think he For the record, I, I support Wendell Carter in that beef, for the record. Might be an unpopular opinion, but I, I support Wendell Carter in that, in that uh, beef between him and Pat Bev. I don't know. Is that I don't know. Is that an unpopular opinion? I think it probably is because people are looking at Pat Bev going, well, you know, he's right. Wendell Carter losing record all like, you know, whatever. But Pat Bev saw talking. Yeah, so 25 and 11. Like that was a really, yeah, really good game. And 11, <laughs> and Pat Bev's coming off the bench talking about how points don't matter because he has Embiid to carry his ass. Like I I Pat Bev, I recognize what he does. He's an instigator. I get it. He talks so much trash for just being an average NBA player. Like I, I, at best, I I don't I get that he's a locker room guy and there's some intensity there and he's the playing champion. If that means anything, it's because he's never won a damn thing in the league. Playing champion. I mean, when you think of the bet the the biggest play of Pat Bev's career, you think of him jumping on the scores table after winning the playing game with um, Minnesota, and you think of him shoving Chris Paul in the back after Chris Paul kicked his ass in Game Six of the Western Conference Finals. Those are the two plays I think of for Pat Bev's career. One was after the game was over. The other was a cheap shot where he just shoved Chris Paul in the back. It's the two things I think of for Chris Paul's for uh, Pat Bev's career. That's it. I don't think Wendell Carter's that great, but I do think once again in this case, it's so much easier to talk trash when you have Embiid to carry you. It's so much easier to talk trash, and you don't have to do anything. So I'm with Wendell Carter in that beef personally, but maybe it's an unpopular opinion. That's me. So we'll see. Am I missing something? Are those the two biggest plays of Pat Bev's career? Jumping on the scorer's table after the play-in game and shoving Chris Paul in the back? Those are basically the only two plays I think of. Uh, I'm sure there's a I'm sure there's a big defensive play somewhere in there somewhere. I think it is. Wow, I've been bad at that recently. I'm gonna have to think but about yeah, it. I think it's a, I oh, think he, it's he blocked a LeBron one time and the ball went off LeBron's fingertips. He blocked LeBron one time. That I remember. Nah, I, I agree. I think Pat Bell definitely thinks he's better than what he is. But I don't think he knows what he is, though. He he's the instigator. He's going to push people's buttons. Like, I, I get it. But at some point, it's the yeah. same act over and over again. You're just not good enough to actually do that, in my opinion. But either way. Portland Trailblazers on the good road call. going to play the San Antonio Spurs. Good call. He hurt Russell Westbrook. Good call. Oh, all right. That's a great call. It's a great call. Yeah. He hurt. He banged into Westbrook's knee. That's a very good call. Good point. Dang. Dang, Pat Bev. Minus three and a half for the Spurs. 229 and a half is total here. Injury report for the Portland Trailblazers. And we've got Moses Brown injured. Shady Sharp injured. Malcolm Brothers questionable. 
Victor Wembanyama is not on the injury report. He's going to be playing today. Trey Jones questionable. That's pretty big. See if Trey Jones plays today. All right. San Antonio laying three and a half. What you doing here, Scott? Uh, I don't want to lay points with San Antonio. I like Wemby props, except I looked at his points and it was at 24 and a half. But yeah, I think he had 30 in like 21 minutes in the first game against Portland. What do you have 30 points and seven blocks in the first meeting in like 21 minutes? I know San Antonio killed Portland in the last meeting. Simons didn't play. I don't really care. I'm on Portland. Nice road win against Houston. Or nice, I forgot if that was a road or a home win, but nice just overall comeback. Uh, I think that Portland, once again, is a bad team. But with Grant, with Simons, with Brogdon at point guard, not totally atrocious. Uh, they're not good. But San Antonio, once again, everyone looks at Wemby's stats. I made a comp on Twitter, which I kind of like. I called Wemby the Otani of the NBA. He'll put up the most insane stat line. They're down 20. They don't win any games. He puts up insane stat lines. They lose every time. Uh, I'm not laying three. I'm not laying two and a half or three and a half with San Antonio. Give me Portland in the spot. All right. Only thing, only concern about this game for me, really, honestly, truly, is the fact that Portland sucks. So, like, this could be Wimby taking a night off because he he gets up for really big games. He gets up really, really big games. But I like Wimby. No, I'm he's he's looking at eight in the crosser room. No, he's going to kill eight. I mean, come on. Aiden? I'm surprised that you took Portland. I'm actually considering locking Spurs. I'm just going to lead to Portland because I just think Portland's a better team. Just simply put. I think Portland, I think Portland's done, they've done all right, but I don't know, man. I don't know what they got for, for Vassell and Wimby today. And Kelton Johnson. We could throw Kelton Johnson in there. I don't know what they got for those three today. If those three get going, I, I think this is going to be ugly. And it's the back-to-back angle, so Wimby's playing today, not playing tomorrow. They're going to get up today. Yeah, I'm taking San Antonio. Minus three and a half. I might not lock it. I'm not going to lock it because locking San Antonio on the toilet bowl is kind of crazy. But I just I'm watched Wimby talk trash to Chet, dropping like 20-something and change, tried to dunk on his head. And here's a looking up the scoreboard, and they're down 30. Like, I understand Wimby's trying to put up some numbers and trying to, like, send it to Chet. You're down 30 points. Like, relax. Like, cal- calm down a little bit. We, we get it. <laughs> you were drafted. Yeah, I get it. It's rookie of the year thing. Like, calm Hey, down. man, I'm going to say the same thing. That uh that Gilbert Arena said, like Chet and Wimby, pretty comparable as players. Wimby's only eighteen. Yeah, the right. What is yeah, he gonna look I like mean, when he's twenty one? What is he gonna look like when he's twenty one? Oh no! Like the more you watch Wimby play, and the fact that his minutes have been ramped up, I can see him. I don't want to say running the league, but he's gonna easily be a top ten player in the league in like three years. Like I, I, I think that he's easily top ten. Yeah. All right. Anything else? What player props you like, Scott? Uh, I like Wemby uh, for blocks. I know it's at two and a half. I don't mind a ladder. He's seven in the first meeting. Seven. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I have to like the blocks there for Wemby. I don't four. mind points either. Yeah. Last game, uh, last game those four. I, he had four against OKC. He had four with like a quarter to go. I don't think he had one in the fourth quarter. But I do think you're looking at uh, once again a spot where Wemby points is worth consideration. I think Aiton. I know he had a great game against Houston. How does Wemby not just punt every shot he makes or at least kind of make Aiton scared to shoot the basketball around the paint? I, I think I have to like Aiton under for points. I know fading opposing centers means you should buy only ladders points over uh, since I'm doing it, but I just think it's a bad matchup for Aiton. 
He had one real good game against Houston because Houston has no rim protection, and Houston has been really bad against opposing centers all season long. But Aiden's giving up, what, like five inches of height in that matchup? And we know that Aiden's pretty passive in general with the basketball. Isn't it a bad matchup for Aiden in general? I, I got to assume it is. I think Simons has a big game now. If I'm going to pick Portland to win, I'm kind of blindly backing Simons and Grant to carry the team offensively. All right. So that's how I'm looking yeah. at it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just going to back my guys. When being so, I'm going to back my guys. JR, to be I'm fair, you mentioned Giannis. Vassell's been really trash recently, so he's due. He is so due for a good game. JR, you're mentioning Giannis was skinny, too. Giannis also had a massive growth spurt. I think Giannis was like 6'8 when he came to the league, and then the next year he was like 6'11. So it's a little bit different. He had a, he had a late uh, growth spurt there for Giannis, but yes, he gained weight. I think Wemby will do the same. He seems like he's got a good head, head on his shoulders. He's focused to the game. I heard he's got a bedtime at 1030. I haven't gone to bed at 10.30 since second grade. So apparently he reads for now. He's got a lot of like random stuff going on, but it seems like he's wired the right way. He's going to He's gonna be really, really good for a long time. But as a, as a rookie, once again, they've been careful with him. He should win rookie of the year. I think he's going to run away with it. But I do think, once again, it's a good matchup for him against Aiden. So there you go. I need a 30-piece today. I need a 30. All right. Let me see here. Uh, we have lock dog. Oh, Moonoff is asking for something. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I was wondering why Moonoff is in me up. All right, so lock dog underdog. Hmm. For my lock, anything jump off the page to you? Yeah, I'm going to just stick with what I did last time. Give me the under in the Orlando Magic and Memphis Grizzlies game. Under 212.5. Both of these two teams can't score. Like, they literally anemic to scoring. They both play really, really good defense. This could be one of those 90s type of game. Neither team gets 100. So, I'm going to back the under 212.5 here. I, I'm really fating the offensive uh, you, the offensive efficiency of both of these two teams where they just, like, it's not like they're not trying. They're just not good at it. They're not good at it right now. Defense is where both of these two teams play, so I don't expect the score to get... It's really low at 212.5, but I don't think either team... One team gets to 100. That's it. Max. All right. Yeah, that's how I feel. For my dog, Donovan Mitchell. How high? You're on threes, points? What are you thinking? Uh, let me find a line and I'll tell you, I'm going to go ahead and let you go, but let me find a line. It's Donovan Mitchell. And I just want to figure out how I want to do it. All right. Uh, so for my lock on the show, I mean, I got a couple options. I was actually tempted by that under, uh, in that Grizzlies game, but I think I am just going to go back to Nick Richards rebounds at eight and a half. That line is just way too low. Simply put, especially with Houston giving up, I think it was a 19 to eight. And I actually want to pull up how Aiden did on the boards, but he might've had 20 and 20. Like he, he was dominant in that game. He was actually dominating for once. Uh, but I do think looking at this matchup, Richards plays a lot of minutes because Mark Williams, we know, is injured, and he's probably not going to come back for the rest of the season. Aiden had 18 and 17. So I think Richards, once again, is the main center on this team, has a good matchup. Uh, you can argue foul trouble will be a bit of a concern, but I do think, once again, Richards in the last couple games, rebounding-wise, he did have... 10 rebounds against the Pistons in 27 minutes, had 12 rebounds against the Pelicans, 
eight rebounds against Miami, eight rebounds in 22 minutes against the Spurs, nine rebounds against the Kings, eight rebounds against the Bulls, 12 rebounds against the Bulls, 10 against the Kings. The point is he's been hovering around this eight and a half number for a while, and Houston can't rebound. So I think it's a very good matchup for Nick Richards. It's also kind of fun to do a show with a lot of games, and I'm giving it a lock in the Rockets and Hornets game for a player prop. But yeah, I like Nick Richards in this game for his rebounds. Give me the eight and a half rebounds at minus 125 as my lock. For the dog, I don't have a number on it, but I am going to give it out. Give me Wemby over three and a half blocks. They don't have it available. Unfortunately, they only have two and a half. It's minus 154. But blocks, if you actually ladder those up, those go up very, very quickly. So this might be a two to one. We'll see what the price is for Wemby. Might be at the high 100s. But simply put, he had seven blocks in the first meeting. He had four blocks last game against the Thunder. He once again has been leading the league in blocks for a couple months at this point. And Portland does allow a decent amount of blocks per game. We know Portland's not afraid to try people at the rim, whether it's Simons, whether it's Grant, or maybe Aiden himself. But I do think, once again, Wemby blocks. His minutes have gone up. He might play 30 in this game, too. And I do think because of that, his props are still a bit mispriced. Portland is allowing, I think it's the fourth most blocks per game in the entire league. Uh, So I think because of that, Wemby's gone over in 6 of 10, gone over in 13 of 19. Yeah, usually when he goes for blocks, he's at 4, 5, or 6. So give me Wemby over 3.5 blocks as my dog. But that's basically it. All right. I've decided. I was going back and forth if I wanted to back Spider on his points or on his threes. I'm going to stick with where my handicap was on the threes. Give me five plus threes made for Spider plus 220. Get it done. He, I, I think that there's a lot of angles. One, the Bucks not really good right now defending the three-point line, 42%. Giving up 42% from the three-point line. But I also think it's the narrative angle of like, yo, this dude, Dame, just came over to the East, and now everybody got him as the popular pick to be in the – all-star starter i'm about to cook this man i'm about to torture him. i'm about to show him that y'all don't know balls so yeah give me donovan mitchell a little chip on his shoulder today five plus threes plus 220 and underdog underdog sure. underdog underdog you want just run back regular mitchell threes and richards rebounds and i don't know maybe Wemby blocks you want to just recycle the same thing or you want to try yeah. to think outside the box no no i'm i'm I like recycling because All right, that's fine. Yeah. I trust us. I trust us. Let me just see if I can make sure I can get lines on all that stuff. My app is updating. <laughs> okay. Nice. So while you do that, uh, yeah, once again, I feel like we're just going to recycle some props. I am curious if Wemby's available because some books have the blocks up. Some don't. I'm kind of curious if underdog does or not. Richard's rebound should be there probably at eight and a half. And Mitchell three's default is you can nod. What is it? Three and a half for his default threes? Probably. So we have Wimby here at three blocks and four I hated it higher or lower. That sucks. that sucks. But you can do four and a half blocks and steals at 1.25x. The steals haven't really been there for him recently, though. So I, I might but, actually try to do something else. But okay, it is, I mean, right. it is, it is fun. It's seven blocks in the first meeting. So. Yeah, maybe. Uh, let me just look at the numbers. I mean, he's yeah, he had five, he had steal again. So yeah, okay, sure, why not? Yeah, let's do it. Screw it. Yeah, uh, we'll go with the Wemby, uh, the one point two five multiplier there for these steals and blocks. I think you said four and a half. So we'll take the higher on that. Mitchell threes. I'm guessing three and a half. Is that the line for Mitchell? Or 
if you have that in front of you. If it's regular four, I probably... Okay, so it's three and a half on Mitchell threes. And then the last one was was uh, Richard's rebounds, which should be at eight and a half, because that's really not juice. That should be regular at eight and a half. Nope, it's at nine? nine. Yep, it's of at nine. Of course it is. That sucks. So we got okay. nine on Richard's. Are, we're going with the spicy play from Wimby? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, spicy. All right, so here we go. Victor Wimby, I'm a four and a half blocks and steals combined higher than 1.25x spicy. Donovan Mitchell, 3.5, three-pointers made higher, and Nick Richards, higher than nine rebounds. That's going to pay you uh, plus $750. $100 gets you $750 in that underdog lineup. Make sure you use that promo code SGPN. And, yeah, I think that's basically it. So, Anything else for people before we get up out of here, Scott? Uh, yes. After the show, we're going to reach out to Duracell for a sponsorship. That's basically it. So, yeah, we're back hey, for the man. NFL later today. I got t- I got tennis in about three hours. I might do two episodes today. One for the women's we, final, one for the men's. So, a lot of podcasts I'll be on. Have we hit a spicy play yet, be honest? Yeah, I've hit Jokic yeah, on the spicy a couple. a couple times. Let me go. I mean, I, I, can... uh, I We had Shingun, uh double-double the other day. That, w- that was spicy, and he got there. Yeah. So... Spicy plays are actually you just gotta be you gotta be strategic with them. And yeah. I would go more obscure. Like if it sounds easy, it probably doesn't hit, but like the more obscure ones got uh hit because they're really not paying attention to those numbers. I think the demon devil plays whatever are a little bit. <laughs> hey, like, yeah, that, yeah. A little we bit don't much, talk about but, them here. We yeah. don't talk about no devils. I don't, I don't do no devils. <laughs> I don't do but, no devils around here. No spicy boys, we hit the last one. We hit Shangun double double against uh, Ooh, Herb Edwards is hilarious, bro. I don't do no devils. <laughs> all right, all right. If for the 70 people on the stream, appreciate y'all for rocking with me. For everybody, I'm sorry about the smoke alarm. It happened right before the show. I, I would have stopped it if I knew it was happening before, but it happened literally when the show started. My bad. Other than that, I mean, I don't really have nothing else to say. Oh, make sure you give us a five-star rating review. Need that. Make sure you buy some merch, too. Can y'all buy some merch? Appreciate it. I would I'd appreciate that. If you want to show some support, you say thank you, all that good show, all that. Buy a piece of merch. Appreciate that. Other than that, I don't have anything else to say. Nothing else to do. No other way of ending podcast. Just going to be like this. We are out of here. Basketball. Give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going.